Hey, podlings, it's funny football time with On The Left Side. At the moment, I cannot tell you much more. It's, it's a possibility, but it's far from being over the line. What's up? This is On The Left Side, the funny football show, and I'm Jim. It's been a massive few days in football, and it all started with a wallop of an FA Cup third round replay between Chelsea and Norwich. On paper, this one didn't look like it was going to be a classic, but then again, on paper... Set Blatter looks like a fine, upstanding member of the community. But it turned out to be an absolute corker. Red cards, VAR disputes and a last-minute equaliser that resulted in extra time and penalties, which clearly left the Five Live commentary team completely unprepared. Graham Scott's pointing in uh, one direction. I'm busy, I'm busy creating my grid sheet for the penalties. Is it ABBA? Well, that we don't think it is, no. ABBA? The, the ABBA review, the ABBA oh, penalty system. I thought he was listening to the music. <laughs> <laughs> He's already shot it out one direction. <laughs> right. What I can tell you, though, Mark, is that the winner will take it all. <laughs> Do you know what? I give up sometimes. I'm going to take my mic off. We're, and we're I, don't, I don't want to be linked to this part of the broadcast. And that 30 seconds of commentary proves that Phil Neville knows more about music than he does about football, which isn't really that hard. Look, if you're going to go in with a load of ABBA puns in that scenario, then don't just stop there. At least really commit to it. Well, it looks like penalties are the name of the game, and each of those players will be saying, I have a dream of playing in the next round. But when all is said and done, you have to say that much-coveted fourth-round spot is all about the money, money, money. In the end, the FA abandoned the whole ABBA thing and resorted to the old-fashioned take-it-in-turnsy penalty system, which made that whole conversation completely redundant. Mamma mia! As far as entertainment goes, it was quite a spectacle and tensions ran high, particularly for Antonio Conte, who was left fuming after two of his Chelsea players saw dubious reds in the dying minutes of extra time. He looked like a very, very angry man on the touchline. And no doubt he would have been pulling his hair out if he hadn't had that hair so expertly and expensively attached a few years back. By the time he got in front of the cameras, Tony had calmed down a little bit. But the same couldn't be said for Alan Shearer, who went in two-footed on video referees in the Match of the Day studio. I was very doubtful about it and now it's a shambles. Who on earth is looking at that screen It's Stockley Park and doesn't think that's a penalty? <laughs> that's why it's a shambles. To be fair, doubtful he has been. In fact, he's been so doubtful that if you took the time to look up Alan Shearer and video referees on the internet, you will find him rolling out the same old weird phrase over and over and over and over and over again like some kind of broken budget Alan Shearer action doll. If it's factual, then yes, have a look at it. If it's opinion, no chance, I'm dead against it. As I've said before many times, I'm all for a matter of fact, but um, at the minute, it is just someone else's opinion. It's not 100% certain, so for factual, yes, but for opinions, no. Not a fan of opinion? What about your opinion on video referees, Alan? The same opinion that you're repeating time after time after time. But Big Al does have a point of sorts. VAR technology hasn't really taken any of the confusion out of refereeing decisions. It hasn't made everything in football black and white as it promised. 
It just seems that some of those tricky decisions have been taken away from the referee and moved into a room in London. And the blame connected with those wrong decisions has shifted from the man in the middle to a man in front of a giant TV screen. Instead of Who's the bastard in the black? Soon we're just going to be hearing Who's the anonymous, anonymous bastard, bastard watching the replays on the high definition, definition TV in the, the FA offices is wearing clothes of an unknown colour? When you look at the decisions, it is no wonder that Conte was feeling a little bit hard done by. In fact, Conte is a man who looks permanently hard done by at the moment. He is clearly feeling the pressure. Bad refereeing decisions? well off the pace in the title race and his recent spat with Jose Mourinho have all taken their toll and it's showing no more so than in his recent transfer dealings. We all laughed when we read that Andy Carroll would be on his way to Stamford Bridge to solve Chelsea's goal scoring problems because the only real problem that Andy Carroll can solve in a football club is how to keep your medical staff busy and his impressive haul of two goals this season both against West Brom seemed unlikely to turn heads in Chelsea's scouting department. But in the last few days, it not only turns out there was some truth in that story, but also looked like the transfer was very much on and then quickly off again. Any West Ham fan that was reading the headline on 101 Greatest Goals this week that read, bad news for West Ham fans, could have been forgiven for thinking that Carroll was actually staying in the East End. But not so, apparently, he was on his way to Chelsea and he was using a cheeky tactic to make sure that move went ahead. But here is where it gets really weird. You ready? According to the Mirror, Andy Carroll was refusing to train with West Ham, citing a mystery ankle injury for the reason behind his layoff. The medical team at West Ham, however, could find no evidence of any injury and so many expected that Carroll was in fact just making sure he didn't pick up any training ground knocks ahead of his big money move. This clever ruse was then spoilt somewhat by his wife, who posted a picture of herself and Big AC on her Instagram account, fresh from a hard workout in the gym. Hardly the actions of an injured man, I think you'll agree. Then with one final poetic twist of life imitating art, somehow Carol managed to actually get injured. He'll be out for at least a month, and Chelsea have been forced to turn their attention elsewhere. So, where do you turn when one big lumbering striker becomes unavailable? You turn to Peter Crouch, don't you? If rumours are to be believed, Tony Conte has got his eyes on the beanpole-esque robot-dancing Stoke striker, leaving most Chelsea fans praying that their potential transfer ban for signing underage players comes sooner rather than later. This one could happen. If Chelsea want Crouch, then it's hard to see Stoke standing in their way. A cheeky offer of five quid and a big ladder so they can still change the light bulbs at the Bet365 Stadium would probably just about sway it. And if they don't get Crouch, they're running out of big strikers. Who else do they get? Andre the Giant? Tempt Emil Heskey out of retirement? Or maybe just call the big guy in the glasses off that pointless show on telly? Well, if you're telling me I'm tall, I promise you it's covered. Certainly, whatever the transfer and whatever the fee, it is going to be dwarfed by the numbers being touted around in the Alexi Sanchez transfer saga. As these words leave my mouth, Sanchez is still an Arsenal player. But by the time you hear them, it could be a completely different story. In other words, the Sanchez transfer is moving quicker than the speed of sound. It looks like he will, at some point this window, be joining Manchester United. 
But what's really staggering about this deal is the numbers involved. For a man who was looking like a complete bargain when Manchester City were interested, we are now talking astronomical amounts of cash and it's getting bigger every day. At the start of the window, Sanchez was looking at a £20 million move to the Etihad. Last weekend, that number had risen to a staggering £124 million. And now, when you count in wages, transfer fees, agents' fees and signing on fees, that number has been quoted by some papers as being around £182 million. And that's not even counting his taxi home, a sandwich for lunch and a half-and-half half scarf from outside the ground. These numbers were perfectly summed up by BBC Sports' Simon Stone. When you look at these figures, they are eye-watering and they go some way, where well, they go a long way, to explaining why Alexis Sanchez is going to spend the second half of this season playing for Manchester United. And that is exactly the word. Particularly if you're an Arsenal fan, watching yet another one of your star players walk away from the club for virtually nothing. <laughs> Because a bit of eye-watering is only natural when you've been shafted up the arsenal. That's it for another show. Thank you very much for listening. You may have noticed that we look a little bit different today because we've had a little bit of a rebrand on the left side. You know, like when marathons became Snickers and everyone moaned about it for the next five years. The On The Left Side logo has changed. And if it isn't showing up on your podcasting app yet, then it probably will in the next week or so. So if you find us each week by scrolling back and forth and looking for the show, then keep your eyes peeled, because you won't want to miss out, and the logo will look a little bit different. Alternatively, just hit subscribe however you listen, and you'll get the next show as soon as we hit go on it. No more hunting about. Plus, keep your eyes open for some really cool football-type merchandise if you're an On The Left Side super fan because that'll be coming soon and we might even be giving some away for free on the next few podcasts. I will see you then. Bye-bye. On the Left Side is written and produced by Ant McGinley and Jim Salverson for Abrupt Audio. Abrupt Audio.